Brock Purdy is throwing. Sam Darnold running with the ones. Drake Jackson looking swole out there. And Brandon Ayuk ready for takeoff. All those notes and more from week two of 49ers OTAs coming at you right now. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Big ups to all the everydayers out there and everyone jumping on this live episode with us this evening. Talking 49ers, OTAs, tons of great reports. Uh, shout out to all the beat reporters out there as well uh, in Santa Clara. I was not among the folks out there. Croc was not there. So we're going by some of the reports we saw. But, you know, most of what I think we can take away, Croc, from OTAs is the 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 things that are said, the things that are observed that aren't necessarily keeping stats right I'm, I'm not a big stats in otas guy you know who is a big stats in otas guy croc brandon Ayuk, and he's not keeping his own stats he's talking about rookie jair brown with what a handful of interceptions three or four interceptions already dropped another one he said jair brown might have had five picks already at otas yeah a lot of it's just making plays that's why i keep track of more than anything you know you're trying new things out there uh depending on what side of the ball that you're on but a guy that made a lot of plays in college. I say all the time, playmakers make plays. And it's kind of this innate ability that some guys are just born with, right? Jimmy Ward, terrific football player, maybe just wasn't born to be somebody that just takes the ball away a lot, right? Like, good football player on the field, does his job, excellent. Versatile, all that. Mm, Not a lot of interceptions. It just wasn't going to be in in, in the cards for him. But some of the other guys, Tyler Nohufunga, was a playmaker, then he steps on the field, made plays where, oh, man, a ball's blocked and is, and is in the air in the, in the division around playoffs, and who's there to pick it up? Of course, Tyler Hufunga. He's got to make plays. And then, what do you know? Next season, he leads the 49ers in interceptions where he has a bunch of picks, and uh, Tayshawn Gibson, another guy, uh, 32 career interceptions. He's making plays. Guys that make plays continue to make plays, and Jair Brown is another one of those type of guys. Love seeing those reports. Playmakers making plays, Croc. Do you remember uh, one of the greatest nicknames in 49ers history? Do you remember Shakespeare? Yeah. Do you remember, uh, uh, John Keith, a small school safety. Uh, the nickname was Shakespeare because he makes plays. Oh, okay. So, no, I don't know that. Don't this know is that. Uh, probably what late 90s, early 2000s. John Keith out of, seems like, like Furman or some college like that. Small school. This dude hit like a ton of breaks. I loved John. Is this Keith. guy that wore no gloves, no sleeves, no nothing? Yeah, I think so. And he was, uh, he used to play like tackle football on the asphalt as a kid. And like he was talking about how he used to get stuck underneath cars and stuff. And like he was just, he was one of those guys who was kind of built different, you know? Uh, and, but he made plays. Shakespeare, great nickname because he makes plays. I like it. Yep, that's Jair Brown. Hopefully he continues to make plays. Now, can he make enough plays to start to insert himself in some type of rotation? There are a lot of people, and I read the comments, and they're like, OTA doesn't matter. It, yes, yes, it does. Yes, it does. And, and it's things that's going to help put him in the rotation, right? Like, is he starting to get it? How much can we give him? Can we throw a little bit more at him, right? Like, those are the things that are going to start to happen. And ultimately, for a team who is probably going to be looking forward to Sean Gibson replacement, right? This is a guy that was kind of borderline retiring and 
who's gonna, who are you going to pair next to Hufunga? And Jair Brown needs to start to make that push. And I'm pretty sure Gibson, who wants to be on the field, but he'll probably welcome that, kind of taking this young guy under his wings as he kind of exits the NFL. So I'm interested to see where they start to utilize him. Do they go with more three safety looks? And Wilkes, for, you know, we, we talked about Kyle Shanahan really being the defensive coordinator there. But Wilkes, you know, it, what's he going to do? How is he going to utilize a third safety? Those are the things I want to start hearing about. Could, yeah. And look, there's no reason to hold him back. If he's ready, maybe he'll be the starter. As a, as a, you know, and he was the first pick the 49ers made this year. They traded up for him. So I don't think it should be a shocker if he necessarily goes out there and, and earns a starting job as good as uh, Tishon Gibson looked last year. And I mean, if Jimmy, if Jimmy Ward got his job taken away, who was the elder statesman on the entire roster, then Tishon Gibson can as well. Right. Lots of the injury, but yeah. Got a question uh, in the, in the chat already. Third string all pro says Crocker, were you a talker on the field? Oh, 100%. I mean, can't you guys tell, especially if you follow me on Twitter at Eric underscore Crocker, I talk a lot of trash for the 49er players. Like, during the games, I'm talking trash as if I'm, like, Jimmy Ward. Um, Warrior fans, there's a reason why over 200 of them unfollowed me on Twitter because I'm talking trash there. And then I just posted some videos. You know, everybody, I just realized how much of Twitter is uh, they are referees because everybody said, travel, Croc, that's travel, that's travel. But anyways... I posted this video playing basketball with my son. We we're playing one-on-one and uh, I'm talking trash. Um, I always have talked trash on the field. Uh, I talk trash to my, my wife and kids more playing Mario Kart. Uh, there is no scenario where I'm not talking trash. I, I put the over under on 70% of clips put online that are, that are like, you know, uh, citizens playing basketball. There's a travel involved. See a lot of see a lot of those on the gram. We're like, hey, what's this? And then we're like, this is a travel. You took nine steps, bro. To to my defense, all right. I started moving before kind of like getting the ball. So you see, kind of like as I'm because you know, you check up. So as he was checking up, as the ball's coming back to me and I'm grabbing it, I kind of shifted my feet. And then I get into my triple threat and jab. So like it looks, I think it looked worse than what it. Kind of yeah, really if you're does. not cheating, you're not trying. trying. I mean, that too. Shout did you to have the? Me. Did you have the Crocs in sport mode for this? I did not. I, okay. I was playing in some uh, Adidas shoes. Okay. So. No, no Crocs that time. So, when it comes to my sons, right, they're getting older now. So my son Juice, he runs track. Like I do not want him to beat me in anything on the track. No. no. And when it comes to basketball, my son D, he plays basketball, and I cannot. I just can't let him beat me. I can't. So. Yeah, he'll 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 climb the mountaintop when he gets there. You know, you can't you can't help him up at this point. Letting them win when they're five is different than letting them win when they're you know a teenager. You can't right. do that. Uh, speaking of Brandon Ayuk, though, he says he's ready to take off. Croc, uh, a lot of talk. We'll, we'll get to uh, Drake Jackson looking a little bit bigger. Every time I see Brandon Ayuk, he looks bigger. And I wonder if this is the year, Croc. Is this the year where he starts he starts dominating fools out there? I don't think it's it's not up to him. And I don't know how much it matters. I mean, unless it's just Julio Jones and we're just going to put our entire offense through one player, which I don't see that being the case with all the weapons the 49ers have. I think he'll continue to be the fourth option like he was last year. Now, again, with him being the fourth option, some guys missed time. He still was a 1,000-yard receiver. So I think he could very well be a 1,000-yard receiver. But when I hear him say, Man, I'm ready to take off, I mean, I – in the way I view him, and it's funny, I was talking to my brother uh, Donald in the car, and I'm like, dude, Brandon, now you, I mean, he he's really got it. 
but they just don't feature him. And when you watch some of these other receivers like CeeDee Lamb, who everybody, oh, CeeDee Lamb, he's a top five, you know, top 10 receiver in the league. And I look at Brandon Ayuk and I'm like, man, he's got, he's got that type of ability. But the 49ers don't do anything to make him a focal point of the offense. They're not motioning him, uh, you know, put him in a slot, motion him across the formation before the defense gets set, snap the ball. And, you know, you're putting him in positions to, like, con- continuously win. The 49ers run their scheme. They want to put linebackers and some of these middle guys and safeties in conflict. And if while doing that, Brandon Ayuk is open, okay, we'll throw him the ball. But it's not like, hey, this is the guy we're looking to get, you know, 12 targets a game. And if they did that, then he would take off. But I don't think it's up to him. He could be as ready as he wants. They're still kind of going to be this pecking order in the offense. And it's unfortunate for him. Todd in the chat says, Ayuk is one of the most underrated route runners in the league. His footwork is great. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Matt Harmon's reception perception where he charts all the routes and stuff. And he loves Brandon Ayuk. His success rate is high. I I do think there's some of Kyle Shanahan baked in. I do think there's some of uh, that the focus isn't on Brandon Ayuk because he's not the number one option because heavy is the head that wears the crown as they say right croc because when you are the number one there's a lot more eyeballs on 23 and 19 and 85 in the 49ers offense so he he does benefit from that I think somewhat um but yeah just his steady growth has been awesome to watch from you know coming out of the doghouse to to what he did last year but yeah it's hard for me to see the target share of him going crazy statistically this year just because of like you mentioned, he's not the guy that they're going to put in motion and target him from the slot and, and give him 130 targets because there's other guys that they have the focus on getting the ball, just getting him into their hands. And and someone like CeeDee Lamb doesn't have to worry about as much uh, as much competition. It starts, it starts with Lamb. Right. Yeah, no, as opposed to Brandon Knight. Again, he, he said it. He said, man, I was a thousand-yard receiver. I was a fourth option. I just don't see that changing. Now – Maybe him and one other person can kind of change in that pecking order. I mean, that other person would be Debo Samuel. But because of the ways that you get Debo Samuel the ball, I just, you know, and they call it what, target share and fantasy. I just don't see it really flipping a whole lot unless somebody's out. Now, if there's an injury to these guys and then now it kind of bumps him up, then I could see him having that season that he is capable of having. But just straight up, it's going to be hard. And if you look at, his targets uh, throughout the season, it's very inconsistent. You know, there's a game, I think it was the, the uh, maybe the Cardinals game. It was like two catches, two touchdowns. And it's like, that's it. You know, it's like, get, get the ball to him more. But they don't worry about that. They, they worry more so, at least this is what uh, the comments tell me. They don't care about that. They just care about winning football games. And I, and I completely understand that. But other guys are trying to take care of their families too. And Brandon Ayuk wants to get paid. And he wants those numbers. I'm sure he does. That's why he's ready to take off. But I don't yeah. know how much he'll take off. And I see a lot of people talking about Ayuk. Can they fit him under the cab? Can they keep him both? Does he want to stick around for that? Does he see maybe a, a number one for him in the future somewhere else? That's something I, to, to look forward to into 2024 offseason. Not this year. He's clearly part of the plans and he's around for the 49ers right now. When he said take off, if it was me, I'm taking off to <laughs> somewhere else that's going to make me a number one. Because selfishly, like you do want, you want, first of all, you want to make as much money as you can make because the NFL stands for not for long. And at the snap of the fingers, when they don't need you anymore, they'll send you packing. He's not going to turn down 12, 13 targets a game. I think 49ers have the right guys in the locker room to where maybe that's not the number one priority right now. But I'm pretty sure, big picture, you know, you want 
that type of recognition and, and you want that type of production. And I don't know if he's going to be that guy consistently. Heck, you can't, the guys that have even done it. We, we watch George Kittle be like a 1,400-yard tight end, and I don't know if he, he'll never ever get that again. But if it was somewhere else, he probably could. So it's just the way the 49ers offense is. And maybe, depending on who the quarterback is, could skew what Brandon Ayuk's numbers are. We'll get to the quarterbacks next. Brock Purdy starts his throwing program. Sam Darnold this week with the ones after Trey Lance last week. And Debo Samuel cited at 49ers practice next. Today's episode of Lockdown 49ers is brought to you by FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now new customers get a no-sweat first bet. They've upped the no-sweat first bet, by the way, to $2,500. That's $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. And there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. And not just NBA playoffs at FanDuel, NHL playoffs. There is soccer. And there is Major League Baseball every day, all summer long. It is always there for you like a warm blanket or a cool fan as it is in the summertime uh, or a cold beer in the summertime. Uh, and, of course, NFL Futures. Bet on the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. You can find it all at FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no-sweat first bet up to $2,500. That's FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Okay, Debo Samuel back at practice. I want to talk about uh, body composition for a second, Croc, because Debo Samuel back at practice. Did you see any video of him? Is he looking like he's uh, the two hundred and fifteen pound dude out of uh, South Carolina, or is he uh, just a, a wide back now and forever? I think the two hundred fifteen pound days are are over. They're gone, yeah. And but also listen. If I'm not mistaken, and I saw him kind of like tossing the football back, he wasn't the guy that practiced, but he was wearing a white long sleeve. If, if I saw right, I wasn't quite paying attention. I yeah. will say this. White adds 10 pounds to you. That's what everybody it, says. It's not slimming. So, yeah, he wasn't wearing a, a black tight shirt. He was wearing a, a, a white, pretty loose shirt. So uh, doing some conditioning on the side, I don't think that's, you know, I'm I'm just having fun here. I'm not looking, I'm not saying he was out of shape or, or anything, but he you know, looking thick, looking, looking big was Debo Samuel and not necessarily in a bad way. Um, but uh, I can't wait to see what he looks like in pads and, and next to, to Brandon Ayuk, and we'll see if he gets on the field later this week in, in OTAs or future OTAs, or if he's just going to hold back until training camp and do conditioning work and stuff on the side. Um, Drake Jackson, though, is up in weight for sure by his own account, but the, the Drake Jackson thing, uh, yeah, look at Swole out there, and I, he, I, I, I can't figure out what he weighs or what he's supposed to weigh, Croc, because he's up 13 pounds, he said. But I thought then I was like, well, was he 280 pounds? <laughs> it was no, he went from 252 to 265, he said. Yeah. And remember, do you remember what I said about Drake Jackson? I said I wanted him to show up at camp at a rocked up 265 pounds. Well, apparently he's 265 pounds and he definitely looks bigger in his upper body. Um, it, it's not, you know, shredded muscle, but he looks strong, he looks big. But remember last year he's he he fluctuated like 10 pounds from combine to pro day, and he was 270 pounds when he was drafted. So he must have dropped a ton of weight just during the season. And maybe that's why he ran into that rookie wall last year. And maybe he's listening to Brian Peacock say, you know what? He knows best. I need to be at 265. But all 265s and all weight in general is not created equal. All right. Right now, I'm 190 pounds. Right. And I'm pretty strong. Pretty strong right now, if I might say so myself. But I'm not what I was when I was 197 playing 
with the Jets or in the arena football league. It looks different, right? Like my body fat percentage was way down. You know, at 197, I was eight, seven, eight percent body fat. So it just looked different. So that's what's going to be the biggest thing. Okay, you added weight. Cool. What does what kind of weight did you add? That's that's the key. So okay, you gained 13 pounds. Is it a good 13 pounds? Did you get it more organically? It's the same thing with losing weight as well. Right now, I, you know, I've lost, I don't know how many, I've lost a lot of weight. But over the last couple of months, I haven't been as strict to my diet. And I've noticed, yeah, I've lost some weight still because I'm in a caloric deficit, but I didn't really lose it the right way. So I'm still not as rocked up or adding as much uh, muscle as I possibly can. So uh, with him, it's all about doing it the right way. You know a guy who does do it the right way? Nick Bosa. I don't know why he's not with Nick Bosa. Every, I'm, I'd be right there. Nick Bosa, okay, what do we do? What are we doing today? Okay, that's the workout. What, what are we eating? I don't know what if anybody's allowed to hang out at the Bosa Complex in Florida. I know it's only like, it's like, hey, man, they got two two scans to get in there. Nick Bosa, Joey Bosa, that's it. And Papa Bosa. <laughs> Big Bear. Uh, Nick Bosa still not OTAs, by the way. Uh, you know what? A couple other notes here with Drake Jackson. So, by the way, Croc, are you a member of the three plate club like Drake Jackson is now? Not only is he 13 pounds heavier, he said he's uh, hitting new maxes on his, uh, I think it was a bench press in his squat. Let me find the numbers exactly. So the three plate club, he's got new maxes of 415 pounds at squat and 315 pound bench press. I hit 315 pounds bench press and I'm like 80 pounds lighter than him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta be doing more. Like, look, I'm I feel not trying like for anything. I, that just kind of happened. I just realized, like, dang, you know what? I'm getting a little bit stronger. Now, is he repping 315? There's a difference. I'm not repping 315. So if he says, oh, I'm a part of the 315, uh, club and he's repping it he's got me but i can yeah. hit 315 right now well the the or the um the way it was reported was that he was maxing those numbers now i don't know if they're counting a max as you know three reps or something instead of just one rep but um yeah that's uh and and i think it's also an indicator that yeah he needed to put in that work in the offseason he needed, yeah, to, get he needed to put in the work if he's just getting the 315 uh, again i I'm not the biggest guy. I'm 190 pounds right now, and I hit 315. And I'm in, and I don't have to go up against these offensive linemen. Have you ever been touched by an offensive lineman? Pause. Yes, and uh, I darn near tore my Achilles trying to block like a legit lineman because oh. that dude was. I, I shouldn't have tried to stop him because that dude was coming through me no matter what. They are strong, so I could see. And again. The bench press is not like this huge measuring stick of just how strong you are, but it does say something to just kind of his overall strength and of where he's at. And if 315 is kind of like, okay, that, that's kind of where my max is, and that's a new max for me, but you're going up against these offensive linemen who you kind of have to stab and, and, and get off of you and keep out of your chest, man, that, that could be a little difficult because those guys, um, I've had to face some of them in the arena league. They have those guys as like they're blocking on kickoff return. And I'm running, trying to avoid them. And then, boom, you just feel a heavy hand. And it just kind of crumbles you almost. It's like, dang. Like, those dudes are strong. Yeah, or like pick up basketball. You play against someone who was like an ex-nose tackle. And they're so low to the ground, but so strong, too. And it's just like, that space is theirs. And that's it. Yeah. So, um, Nick Bosa, not at OTAs still. Trent Williams and Javon Hargrave. We still haven't seen Javon Hargrave don a 49ers uniform in practice yet. Those guys not at OTAs. Uh, Ray Ray, uh, McLeod, uh, Juwan Jennings, Hufanga, all there. Debo there, but not 
participating in practice. He was hanging out on the side. Um, I, I do want to talk about the quarterbacks here, Croc. One more note on Drake Jackson, though, and this has kind of gone underreported here or not really reported at all, and it's something I, I noticed when I was trying to you know, get a look at, at what his new physique was, his physique was looking like, and he's walking up to the uh, podium to speak with reporters. And dude's limping, and he's got a brace on his left knee, and nobody's talking about it. This big, uh, he's got like a, uh, it's sort of like a, it's not quite a, like what you'd see like for an ACL brace or, you know, like a a big brace, but it's like a, it's like a a knee, it's like a a leg sleeve that goes from his calf all the way up to his thigh. And then it's got like a, you know, like the knee brace, like the the circle in the middle around the kneecap. And so, and it kind of limping a little bit as he walked up to, and look, a lot of football players have a limp. They probably, probably don't realize they're even doing it as they walk around in normal life. But uh, that was an interesting one. Uh, maybe hopefully it's not too much, you know. Hopefully it's it's just something. Oh man, you know, kind of tweaked it a little bit, and I want to make sure I'm good, but I'm still able to do work. But then after practice, it's just a little sore, and I'll I'll go get some treatment, and I'll be good to go tomorrow. Gold blooded says he got three fifteen up once. Good for you, gold blooded. I've never gotten anywhere near three hundred and fifteen pounds up. I wouldn't even put it on. I would not go to three plates on on the bar. I would usually the more mass you have, the easier it is. And the crate, because like I'm old now, right? I mean, I just turned 36 years old, so lifting a lot of heavy weights isn't something that I'm trying to do. But it just kind of naturally has happened over the last four months or so, where I can just tell, huh, I'm stronger. Let me try this. Oh man, okay, guy, okay, huh? I'm kind of a little bit stronger now. Let let me try this. So I've tried heavier weight. But guys typically that have more mass, like a Drake Jackson has just way more mass than me, typically naturally just lift more. And that's why it's kind of surprising that as much as he's worked out, and it's like, oh, yeah, I've got hit a new max, 315. It's like, eh. Most guys tell you that's not, you know, like at that level, it's not it's not like a lot of weight, especially for a defensive lineman. Right. And so Jake Jack- Drake Jackson probably wasn't on the wall at the USC weight room, you know, when you got all of the uh, the dudes that are that have this his uh, bench coming out. Biggest numbers. You can find that. All right, look for that, Croc. Uh, next, I want to talk about the quarterbacks as well and finish up this episode. We can't have an episode of Lockdown 49ers, it seems like, without talking about the quarterbacks. But uh, some pretty big news from uh, 49ers land and 49ers OTAs with Brock Purdy beginning to throw, throwing a, a lightweight football and starting his throwing program, Sam Darnold, this week, as Kyle Shanahan said he would, running with the ones. Next. Thank you, everybody, for making Locked On 49ers your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Appreciate all the everydayers out there. And if you're not an everydayer, make sure you're subscribed up on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast and check out the rest of what the network has to offer, including Lock, or including uh, Peacock and Williamson, myself and former NFL scout Matt Williamson, covering the entire league every day on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Croc, you got a, a bench rep from the Combine for Drake Jackson? All right, let's see. It looks like he did not do the bench press. He he didn't do it. There you go. It might have been a reason why. I, un- understandable. <laughs> understandable. Good, not he, he didn't do it at the combine. He didn't do it at his pro day. He's a pro now. He's learning uh, what it's going to take to to stick in the league and and not hit that wall. So so good for him and uh, good on the the 49ers training staff. Let's get. Let's get Drake Jackson even more rocked up because he's got the athleticism. He's got the bend. He's got the long arms. He's got all the ability, man. And, and if he wants it, he can be as good as he wants to be. And I think the 49ers looking at their draft, right? They're expecting him to be. A, 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 the, 
they lost a ton of defensive ends, Croc. They lost Omenahu was probably their best defensive end. Samson Abelcom played the most opposite Nick Bosa. They lost both those guys. So it's going to be up to Drake Jackson, and they didn't do a lot else uh, aside from fifth-rounder Robert Beal. And I'm not sure Robert Beal's uh, you know, ready as a rookie. You should never expect that a, a rookie fifth-rounder is going to jump in and play a huge role on your team. So uh, we'll find out. A, a lot of hope in Drake Jackson, Croc. A lot of hope in the 49ers offensive line as well. 49ers offensive line coach Chris Forster talking about uh, Colton McKivitz and Spencer Burford. And that that's the plan. Like you can squash my, my conspiracy theory of, of Spencer Burford, maybe playing some right tackle and some other guys competing at right guard. Nope. Right guard is Spencer Burford's job. And Chris Forster told him, this is your job. You're not looking over your shoulder anymore. And he said, he's been uh, really impressed with how Spencer Burford looks coming into year two. And that is his job at right guard and it is colton mckivitt's job at right tackle and that's it croc i think that's pretty cool especially for you know a young guy like that to, to have that kind of sense of uh just security and just know like you know what if i just go out here work hard do my job i don't have to look over my shoulder uh, there we'll talk i know we'll get to the quarterbacks but there was one thing that i saw in grant cones right up on it and it kind of pertains to that right where when there is this competition sometimes you just get a little tight and maybe don't really let as loose, and we'll, we'll get to the quarterbacks on, on, on that. But even as an offensive lineman or as a cornerback where you're playing more to not mess up as opposed to just go out there and, and be the very best you can be and, and go out and really showcase all of your ability, uh, there's something to that. So I think Spencer Burford now, just kind of having that security of like, all right, man, I played a lot last year. I got a lot of experience. I'm ready to just take my game to the next level. And all right, Coach said I'm, I'm the guy right now. Okay, let me just go and, and do my job. And okay, I might make mistakes. That's fine. I'm going to correct it and get better each day. Uh, I, I, it's, a, it's a lot easier on the brain to kind of go out there and do your job that way. Michael in the chat says it's easier for guys with short arms to do the bench press. I'm with him. That's why I'm not good at the bench. My arms are too long. I think that's kind of it. It's, it's, oh, it's a thing. Pull ups and push ups. It's, I mean, it's a it's, thing, it's, but it's still kind of an excuse. I have long arms. I mean, we're talking 32-inch arm length. Now, the, your arms are, are longer, but 32-inch arm length. So it's not like I have short arms. At the end of the day, I mean, you got to get the weight up off you. <laughs> You're looking like Darrell Luter over there, Croc. 32-inch arms, 190 pounds. Maybe you still got some more game in you. Nah, nah. What's the 40 it, looking remember like? Remember I said that the, the, the body fat percentage is higher. <laughs> I'm at about 12% right now. Different body composition. Not like a great looking 12. It's, it's cool. It's cool. I mean, I'm not doing too, too terrible, but. Uh, you're doing all right. You're doing a lot better than me, Croc. Uh, looking at uh, Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy started his throwing program. And really, I don't think there's a ton to take away from this except for Brock Purdy on schedule with his rehab. And so that that's big news. Um, and John Lynch, though, on the radio he was on uh, Sirius XM by the way we have a new Sirius XM partnership we haven't talked about yet croc the network does so you're going to be hearing more about that i think more of it's going to come for us during football season but uh yeah big ups to the network we, we've got a new partnership with with Sirius XM and our guy John Lynch was on Sirius XM talking about uh, the quarterbacks talking about Brock Purdy and he still said he reiterated that Brock Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse but he said something that he didn't say before which is there's still a competition for that top quarterback spot. Like just because you're the leader in the clubhouse doesn't mean it's over. And we talked about all that, right? Croc, we talked about what that, what, what that meant when he said that. And so there's an opportunity for Trey Lance still, there is an opportunity still for, for Sam Darnold, who was taking the ones at practice this week. Are, are you surprised that Sam Darnold Croc 
is going to get that much of a is like if if it's if if they end up going even reps through camp with the ones Trey Lance and Sam Darnold, do you think that's a little bit weird that that Trey Lance doesn't have an opportunity to get more reps? Because I, I think that's a little bit, and and maybe it's something they promised to Sam Darnold when they signed him because clearly with the with the the contract the way it is, Sam Darnold wants a chance to compete and play and potentially start some games because that's how he makes his money this year. But man, I just I don't know. I I, I feel like there's something a little bit wrong with Sam Darnold taking a bunch, like give him some reps of the ones, but making sure it's a split or potentially even getting more reps than Trey Lance. Like, cause Sam Darnold's not going to win the job if Trey Lance, if, if Brock Purdy's healthy, right? Like, so what's the point of giving him this reps? Right. Like what, what's why do, do they just really not believe in Trey Lance would be my, my question. And, and some of the things they do, it makes you feel that way. I, I would say that if they told him, that, hey, man, you, you come here, you know, there'll be some kind of opportunities for you and we'll give you the chance. I I, I talked yesterday uh, with uh, Larry Kruger. And I was talking about like kind of letting Trey Lance hang himself in a sense. Whereas like, hey, you, we'll put you out there. If you mess up, like that's on you and, and it's, it's your fault, right? And it's the same thing probably with Sam Donald, where it's like, hey, we'll, we'll, we'll put you out there. You'll get some opportunities. And that's that's good. I have a buddy of mine, Lavelle Hawkins. And Lavelle was with the 49ers during training camp. And he told me this story about why he signed with the 49ers and how he kind of was a little upset with them and had to, you know, kind of confront Jim Harbaugh about it. And, and the story was that he signed with them. He had other opportunities, but he was told the 49ers, that, that, hey, there's, you know, you have a legit opportunity to come in and make this squad. And he comes in and he's not really getting the looks that he was told he would get. So one day he's sitting at the table and you got uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh walks by and says, hey, Hawk, how you doing? He's like, oh, I'm good. He said, you know what? I'm not good. You know, you y'all told me when I came here, I would have a certain level of opportunities. And I'm not getting those opportunities. I just feel like a camp guy here. And then Jim was like, well, how can we help you? He's like, you know, what if I let you get kickoff return in the preseason game? And Lavelle was like, all right, give me that kickoff return, and I'm going to take it to the house. And uh, he took it to his house, took his helmet off. That's what that whole thing was about. And a lot of people were like, oh, he got cut because his helmet. Now nah, he didn't get cut because of that. But, uh, again, just talking about the opportunities where it's like, hey, y'all told me one thing, and that's not what this situation is. So maybe 49ers are just like, hey, we're, we're, there's no, no, no rush to crown any guy here right now. Just we're going to get you those, those type of reps with different groups and see you know, what kind of rhythm you can get into. That's rough, man, because he called his shot. And he did it. Yes. Yeah. Cribbed it. First, first kickoff return of the game. Boom, boom. And uh, down the left sideline, preseason game, and, and and scored scored touchdown, took his helmet off, and, you know, you know, real real, real stocks and stuff, you know. I, I got to go see that because I don't remember that. And I want to see it. It's, it's got to be on there somewhere with him taking the helmet off. That's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, what else do we have? Do we have anything else here with the uh, with the 49ers OTAs? I think we hit most of uh, the main notes with the 49ers at OTAs. Anything else you saw, Croc, that you want to get into today? Well, I was talking about what kind of Grant Cohn's comments on the quarterbacks and them being a little tight. And a lot of check downs, a lot of kind of thinking, duck, a lot of playing the same. Now, Trey Lance did hit Brandon Ayuk down the sideline for a 40 yard gain. But outside of that, it was a lot of playing the safe. And man, I wish I had my phone in front of me that I, uh, that I was reading this quote. Matter of fact, I might have it because I screenshot it. I, I thought it was such, I was like, man, that's a bar. That is a bar. And uh, 
So his his comment was, he said, Lance, uh, Lance and Donald mostly checked down during this practice. Uh, one play, Donald quickly threw a four-yard pass on third and eight, and uh, and before any receiver had a chance to run past the first down marker. So he just checked it down really quick. And this is the part right here that I want everybody to pay attention to. All right. He says, I wonder if the nature of competition will cause both quarterbacks to throw lots of short passes so the media will praise them simply for completing throws. If that's the case, the competition will produce two losers. And I, I thought that that was kind of a, a great way to look at it where you guys are playing so tight. You're, what are we doing here with, with these check downs, anything like that? Like push the ball. Like let's see this offense open it up. But because they're playing so tight, it's like, ah, it's going to continue to check it down. Dude, uh, my my guy Matt Williamson from the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. You guys got to subscribe and and listen every day. He told a story like that from OTAs, and he's like, "The reason I hate the OTA stats." He said he was covering OTAs, and there was a similar thing going on, and uh, somebody in the media was was keeping stats and and uh, in the newspaper every day. And this is back; it, was, it might have been like even Cordell Stewart. It was back in the day, and the backup quarterback was somebody, and I can't remember who the name was, like Nick Ferguson, someone I'd never heard of before, but. Uh, Williamson's like, oh, this dude was like reading the paper and realizing they're keeping stats out there. So we started checking it down and trying to get that completion percentage up. And he was wow. hitting like a high percentage of his passes because he was reading the paper and he saw that they were keeping track. So he wanted to look better in the media. And so he started checking it down, throwing all these easy passes. And, you know, obviously it didn't work out for him. But I, I think that's a great point. Like, that's not the way to win a job. And that's not the way to, to develop as a quarterback either. And, and that's why. And I know people see the stats and they're like, oh, man, this guy had a good day or a bad day. I don't pay any attention to those stats. I, I have no idea what they're trying to work on that day, uh, what area of the field. I don't know what the quarterbacks are told. I remember last year, I believe it was, when Kyle Shanahan told Trey Lance, throw the ball no matter what, you know, and uh, throw it to where the receiver is supposed to be, if he's there or, you know, or not. And, you know, it, those are things that I don't, I don't care so much for what does it look like? And to me, the main takeaway is too many checkdowns. Like let's let's throw, let's let's push the ball, let's run this offense efficiently. Because I, I'll tell you this, Brock Purdy, he's gonna make the throws he's supposed to make. At least that's what it looked like during the regular season last year. Yep, uh, it's interesting, and, and I think it's still a little bit too early. You know, they're installing some base stuff, and um, there's a lot going on you know, with personnel and, and, and one of the things Kyle Shanahan said about who's running with the ones, I think he's doing that for us. I think he's doing it for the media more than anything, trying to make it look even uh, maybe doing it for Sam. Uh, but he's like, well, it's not, you're not really running from the ones because a lot of the ones aren't even here and practicing anyway. So it's not true. You know, there's no linemen out there. So you're not really against any ones or with any ones right now anyway. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And I'm sure everyone will keep track of all the snaps with the ones and all of the completions and non-completions. But, um, yeah. It's all about how it looks. How, yeah, how, it looks. how are they running the offense? That's all Kyle cares about. I, I don't think Kyle cares anything about a completion percentage for any of these guys. Are they running my offense and seeing the field the way I want them to see it? Yep. And that's going to be most important. That's one of the toughest things for Trey is you talked about looking over your shoulder. And uh, I, I don't know if Trey can it, – it, it's hard, but Trey's got to play free because he needs to, right? So if he's tight and he's kind of not letting it loose. You might as well be. You know, we, we, just like, hey, you're supposed to be this power thrower guy that can complete right. passes to all levels of the field. Like, that's what I mm -hmm. would want to see.
Not, you got to let it rip. And remember his rookie training camp, D'Amico Ryan's talked about how he's had to tell him to let it rip against yeah. the scout when, when he's on the scout team because he was, you know, he, he was playing a little too conservative and he didn't want to make a mistake. So he, he's got to let it rip for sure. Trey Lance, if you're out there listening, man, let it rip. Let it rip, man. Uh, before we get out of here, man, I want to say happy birthday to my daughter, Pickle. Woo! She turned seven today. So uh, shout out to Pickle Sierra right now on my lap re reading his book. She loves reading, but. Yeah, uh, for those of you that uh, aren't on YouTube, Pickle making appearance on the pod. I love seeing it. It, it must be story time, Hook Rock. Uh, 8.30 is around bedtime for her. Okay. 8.30 Central Time is about bedtime. Well, let's let Croc get out of here. Story time for Pickle. Happy birthday to Pickle. Shout out to all the everydayers out there. Thanks for making us your first listen, Croc and I, back tomorrow. Right here, Locked On 49ers. Subscribe to this video.